0: Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911.
1: Soul Patrol Jesus 911. Good to be back. I was gone in Hawaii for seven days. Speaking every single night at a different Catholic Church, but uh, we are back now. Uh, Jess Romero, Paul Clay, full sheen ahead as Terry says, Hey, by the way, this is the month of August. We honor and devote ourselves to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and during uh, during this month of August. This devotion has received new emphasis in this century from the visions of Sister Lucy Dos Santos. Rest in peace. She was the oldest of the visionaries of Fatima. And uh, she received these visions in her convent in the city of Tui, Spain, back in 1925 and 1926. And in these visions, Our Lady of Fatima asked us Catholics for the practice of the five first Saturdays to help make amends for the offenses committed against uh, her immaculate heart by the blasphemies and ingratitude of men. And we see that all over the place today. And this practice also parallels the devotion of the nine first Fridays in honor of the sacred heart of Jesus given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ himself through Sister Mary Alacoque. Paul, welcome. It's good to be back, brother. Yeah, Ches, good to have you back. Hey, we got a couple things we want to talk about today. We want to talk about Archbishop Vigano. And he's giving lifesight News some props. He's saying lifesight News is uh, is fighting back to expose the errors and lies of the deep state. We're also going to be talking about uh, uh, dying, as a, dying as a Catholic. Uh, there's two ways to die. You either die as a coward or you die as, uh, as a soldier of Christ. And then... On the last topic, we want to discuss this actor. Everybody's been talking about him. Uh, I haven't done a deep dive. Paul's uh, read more about this uh, this this actor than I have, who's con- just converted to the Catholic faith. Actor Shia Labouf. And again, like most actors, he has a wretched past. So right now, they're, I guess they're just trying to a uh, they're trying to do a hit piece on him and trying to say that he's probably having a fake conversion. So we'll look, We'll take a look at that. Paul, let's just jump into this article. Archbishop Vigano, he, he speaks with a prophetic utterance, in my opinion. Yes, he does, as always. He says, LifeSite News is an oasis in which many souls have found refreshment after being abandoned to their own devices by civil and religious authorities. So he's exposing, he's saying that LifeSite News is helping us fight back against the errors and lies of the deep state, and I agree with him. I'm good friends with John Henry Weston, the founder of LifeSite News, and he's doing a yeoman's job with this uh, With with this, uh Website. So Archbishop Vigano says, uh, "Dear friends of Life LifeSite News, it seems that if only a few years ago have passed since the group of Catholics from North America, animated by the desire to defend the truth, began the the great adventure that today, twenty five years later, has proven to be a providential and very successful work. A providential work that is undertaken, blessed by Providence, because it's necessary to confront the middle of the middle of errors and lies." ...that afflict the world both in social and political questions... ...as well as in the religious and spiritual ones. So let's talk about the good news or the good press... ...using a typical or typically Catholic expression... ...that today has been deliberately forgotten. St. John Bosco and Blessed James Alberione... ...spoke of good press... ...aware of the power of the media... ...both in spreading the good and propagating the evil. We drive out the bad press... Because it is a scourge, worse than the plague, hunger and thunder, said the founder of the pious society of St. Paul today, uh, emblematically renamed St. Paul Holding. But today, driving out bad, the bad press is much more complex than in the past because we live in a paradox in which errors and lies against the revealed truth are spread and promoted by the so-called Catholic media. I would call it the, the establishment Catholic media, mm-hmm. by what should be the good press On the other hand, it's difficult to hope that the Catholic press will not propagandize Masonic, Irenist, Ecumenist, or Ecumenism, or idolatrous Paganism. Mm -hmm. That is Bergoglio himself who imposes it magisterially as a new doctrine to which everyone must conform. So, what's he talking about here, Paul? He's talking about uh, Pope Francis uh, and that situation with the Pachamama idol once again over in in Canada, with uh, Mm -hmm. wearing the the headdress of the Indians. And you'll and what Archbishop Vigano's saying is that the Catholic establishment press
0: mm-hmm. is
1: uh is just downplaying it. Well, well yeah. My just comments on that. As you know,
2: Jess, so many of our our, our, our priests today, you know, are just poorly formed. Yeah. I mean, they've you know, in their formation and their education, yeah. they have uh, been infected by liberalism. Yeah. And so as it stands to reason, if you are part of the mainstream Catholic press,
1: yeah,
2: uh, many of them are poorly formed, and for you know, I, I I believe that most of them don't even realize some of the things that they're saying. They think that they're fighting the cause of the faith, and in reality, what they're doing is being used to undermine the faith.
1: Yeah, Paul, and a lot of these. <laughs> I think a lot of them also choose to be in the establishment catholic media and that's and that's radio and television Mm -hmm. they they willfully put on their blinders and i'll tell you why let's just be honest nobody likes to rock the boat especially you're making a nice hefty salary in some of these places that's true uh, come on let's just be honest yeah i mean mean, follow the money right (laughs) yeah you make uh, i i mean for example uh, the the founder of the Catholic the leader of the Catholic League for religious I used to be a member of them but he, he's just I had to step down because uh, he's just he's so blinded to so many of the things that are happening in the church William Doctor William Donahue he writes a lot of good articles against the culture war but um, again he won't say anything when it comes to some of the some of the horrible things that are happening within the church. And the reason is, is because he's, he gets a million dollars a year being the president of the Catholic League for Religious and Civil Rights. So, yeah, he'll talk about, you know, the culture wars in, in, in the U.S. and in society and and things that are disturbing the Catholic faith. But he's got a bully pulpit, Paul, yeah. to talk about things within the church, within the hierarchy itself, and he won't do it because, again, he gets a big, fat salary. Well, he's not- again,
2: again I, I think a lot of these people talk themselves into thinking that hey, what they're doing is the right thing. You know, they're, you know, they're called to defend because let's face it, there's so many people in high places in our church today that would uh, tell him,
1: you're doing a great job. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Here's uh, uh, Archbishop Vigano here towards the end of the paragraph. Here's what he says. Uh, he says, your dear roles, dear friends of LightSight News is a critical role right now. Because error is no longer recognized as such, just as the truth is denied by the very people who should be defending us from error and lies. Wow, powerful statement. Vigano says, The state and the governments of Biden and Trudeau lie to us. The European Union, the World Health Organization, the United Nations and NATO lie to us. They deceive us about the crisis, the psychopandemic, the war in ukraine which i don't even i don't even know we're having a war global warming energy and food rationing because they want us to painfully accept the supposed supposed solutions that hide goals that cannot be stated openly the reduction of world population Ooh. the destruction and enslavement of sovereign nations like the us dependence on economic and financial potentates population control and the limitation of the fundamental freedoms of citizens, the deep state has broken the social contract, dissolving the bond between the power of the state and its end, which is the bonum commune. Paul, wow. well, read that next paragraph. The next paragraph is powerful. Yeah. The deep church
2: lies to us when it wants us to believe that the synodal way has been designed to foster collaboration between the teaching church and the learning church. Hmm. While in fact it serves to undermine the authority of pastors from within, dissolving the indissoluble, the indissoluble, and substantial bond that exists between power and its end, which is the salus and animarum. It lied to us yesterday when it passed off the desecrations of the mass as. Acuso, uh, no, okay, act, yeah. actuosa participatio. Yeah. Okay.
1: Salvation means salvation of souls. Uh, actuosa participatio means active participation. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um, it lies to us today when it cancels the apostolic liturgy in the name of unity that it did not hesitate to break by imposing the Novus Ordo. It lies to us when it is silent about the truth that heretics deny in the name of ecumenism and universal brotherhood. Oh, Jess, this this is just packed, like you said, with meaning. Um, <laughs> uh, and we talk about this all the time. The universal brotherhood. You see, we our brothers and sisters are, are you know are those who are united in Christ. You know there are, there are two sets of groups of people out here. There's the sons of the first Adam, and there's the sons. And daughters of the second Adam, yes, and and the and the two shall never meet, so to speak. In other words, if you come to Christ, you know, if any man wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. There is the that's the instrument of death. That is death to the old self, and and be renewed in Christ, uh, uh, you know, uh, recreated in Christ Jesus uh, for a life of good works.
1: And servitude toward our holy Lord. Amen. Yeah, uh, uh, it says. Uh, Vegan Gold go, continues saying, "It lies to us when it disguises its acquiescence towards vice and sin as mercy, and then displays ruthless and cruel anger towards those who want to remain faithful to the gospel—a false mercy, which is the premise of the eternal damnation of poor sinners, which whom no prelate calls back to God." Whom no bishop goes to look for among the rocks and brambles to bring back into the sheepfold. We'll come back. This is the man speaking again with the prophetic voice of St. Paul, <clears throat> Jesus 911, our Archbishop Vigano, <clears throat> warning us about our present danger that we live in right now. We'll be right back.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151.
1: Jesus 911, Archbishop Vigano is the voice of reason and so is LifeSight News. And I I thank John Henry Weston for putting, he, every week he puts out a statement, an article written by Archbishop Vigano. And uh, I think this is why LifeSight News gets so much traction because they know People know, Catholics know where to go uh, for the source of truth. Yes, You're not going to get establishment rhetoric from Site News. You're not going to get establishment rhetoric from Archbishop Vigano. You're going to get, uh, I mean, both both Archbishop Vigano and LifeSite News, they speak with a sense of urgency because right now uh, the ship is taking in water and we need to bail out this water before this ship sinks. we got to turn the ship around.
2: Well, the good news is God's not going to let the ship sink, Jess. In the end, as you know, uh, the the ship will remain afloat. Uh, uh, This is, again, another saga, another battle that church militant must fight and must win uh, throughout the history of the church. And we will win because uh, uh, there are more for us than against us. And I'm talking about, uh, you know, the heavenly hosts that are behind us.
1: Yeah, Paul, if, if, if Catholics, if God would allow us to see all the angels that surround us around the church here on earth, mm-hmm. angels and saints, if we call that the communion of saints and the army of angels, we would probably die of fright. But absolutely, yeah. heaven has got our back. And yep. the ship, this ship called the Catholic Church is taking in water right now. Yeah. At the second coming of Christ will become a battleship. Mm. that's what christ is going to do he says i will come and, and make war amongst the unbelieving nations and so yeah. uh yeah there's nowhere else to go uh, S- saint peter says lord where do i go you've got the words of eternal life and i've come to believe there's absolutely nowhere to go politics is not the solution uh your investments aren't the solution uh you know your uh y- y- sports aren't the solution uh, the solution is jesus christ and holy mother church and the fact, the proof in the pudding that the Catholic Church is the one true church is is uh, the fact that it's the one that's voraciously attacked by Satan and attacked by the world. That's
2: it. And when you look through the history of the church, you see great saints like St. Saint Athanasius, you know, Him against the world, literally, uh, the large majority of the church had gone the way of Arianism back in the day, Jess, and he stood firm and was able to, again, like I always say, even one with God is a majority.
1: Yes. Archbishop Vigano says this, a perverse mercy. What's he talking about there? He's talking about certain prelates in our church or many many prelates that uh, they talk about mercy, mercy, mercy. And obviously that's part of the gospel. That's part of the character Mm -hmm. of God. But they never talk about judgment and what he means by that is there seems to be a tendency amongst modernist clergy to to say oh yeah we, you know we welcome all the lgbt catholics into the church come on in all are welcome yeah. all are welcome yeah we love you yeah we, yeah we love you god has mercy on you yeah but what what archbishop vegan was saying where's the call to repentance mark one fifteen. Yeah. repent and believe in the gospel there is yeah. no and that's what he's criticizing here and, uh, and, and it's a valid criticism, Paul.
2: Right. Without repentance, there's no, you know, listen, if, if there's no call for repentance, Jess, then Christ died in vain. You know what I'm saying? You know, God, you know repentance is part of the faith. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a choice that we have to make, right? We're at a crossroads. You can either, as Joshua said, you know, uh, choose this day who you will serve. You see that that's our free will, and Joshua's. You know, uh, he you know he brings that and he says, "You can go back to the gods of Egypt. You know, you can go back and, and 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 do that thing if that's your choice. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and that's the choice that God uh, has for every Catholic today. We have to. Uh, are we going to listen to the the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, who we know? Um, for me, Jess, I always tell people the truth rings true. You know what I mean? When I hear the truth, I know it's the truth. And there's, you know, no doubt about it. And if you sit there and you and you listen to the voices out there, like sacred scripture tells us, we need to test the spirits. And, you know, we have to remember that our adversary, the devil is 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 uh he's crafty, Jess. Uh he was able to deceive Eve, uh, you know, uh, and and he's able to deceive uh so many others.
1: Yes. Amen. Yeah. Archbishop Vigano says, a perverse mercy, which means telling people that God has mercy on them without calling them to repentance. That's what he means by that. Yeah. A perverse mercy which contradicts supernatural charity founded on divine truth and that usurps from God the magnificence of forgiveness selling yes. it off to those who nullify the passion and redemption by denying the existence of sin that's what paul just said right now yep, yep. and so he goes to compliment complement life Side news for its many years of good work he says life Side news is an oasis in which many souls have found refreshment after being abandoned to their own devices by civil and religious authority yes this titanic effort this deployment of professionalism and competence and this action of apostolate and correct information have saved even one single soul, bringing it into the light of grace and leading it to God, your commitment would not have been in vain. Mm. You know that that the souls that have been touched by the Lord through your apostolate are many, very many. Many, many, myself included. Amen, and myself included as well. May this be your true consolation. So he's writing this to John Henry Weston, the president of LifeSite. In the certainty of receiving that eternal and incorruptible reward in the light of which all your labor, sacrifices, and dedication acquire meaning and supernatural value. Then he says, Ad multus anos, which means for many, many years, dear friends, with God's blessings and under the mantle of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So here you got one of the great bishops of our time, Paul, who's in exile, uh, typical status of a prophet, is yes. talking about one of the great Catholic apostolates of our time yes. that's not establishment that's yes. uh that that that's speaking the truth in charity yep. and that's taking a hit. They've got a bullseye in their back by Hat, secular media and establishment Catholics as well, dear.
2: Hand to hand combat, Jess. They are involved in the fight. Yeah. it's all hands on deck. And you know, I love Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop. Uh Jess, I love this man. He is a father figure to me. Uh he you know, I only I only wish that, you know, uh Uh, you know, uh, the Pope could be more like uh, uh, Archbishop Vigano. And, you know, we need to pray for the Pope we need to, you know, ask that the Lord, you know, open His eyes, that He might see the truth, that this trend that the, that the church is moving toward, conforming to the image of the world rather than to be conformed to the image of Christ. Listen, Jess, you talked about the persecution that uh, that uh, you know, uh, apostles like um, uh, site News and 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 the fact that uh, uh, Archbishop Vigano is you know, uh, in essentially in hiding, you know, those that live godly in Christ Jesus, Jess, you know, will suffer persecution because we are at odds with the
1: world. Amen. Hey, I want to move on to another topic. I want to talk about uh, the four deaths. And then we'll move into the topic of uh, the actor, actor Shia LaBeouf. But uh, there's a good article by, it's called The Four Deaths by Michael packuk Look. And he says, All of us face multiple deaths, even before we depart this life, and we'll do better if we willingly embrace them. Our Lord shows the way, yes, famously. His human nature recoiled from the harsh tortures of the cross when he asked in the garden whether the cup might pass from him. And yet, as St. Alphonsus Liguori points out in his passion and death of Jesus Christ, Jesus went to the garden despite knowing it would be it would begin his passion indeed so great was the desire of jesus to suffer for us that in the night preceding his death he not only went of his own will into the garden where he knew that the jews would come and take him but knowing that judas the traitor was already near at hand with a company of soldiers so he said to the disciples arise let us go behold uh, that he that will betray me is at hand mark 14 42 he would even go go himself to meet him to meet them anyone who did not want to die would have avoided the garden in the first place and upon hearing the soldiers would have escaped as his disciples soon did this willingness to die for us was a note of the lord's whole life saint alphonsus doctor of the church observes citing the following quote Luke 22:15 With desire have I desired to eat this paschal mystery with you this pasch with you mm-hmm. The apostle Thomas responds in, in John 11:16 Let us also go that we may die with him close quote whether the remark is heartfelt or as some have thought sarcastic either way it testifies to our lord's evident keenness Philosophers have long debated whether courage is, is absence of fear or holding fast despite fears. <laughs> Jesus' example seems to teach something else. It is feeling it, it, it is feeling proportionate fear, but then when it is clear that one must die, embrace death willingly. Yeah. Now a coward dies a thousand deaths. But a Christian must die for. And I believe uh, a coward dies a thousand deaths. That was said by Julius Caesar. But a Christian dies for. So Paul, what's the first death that the author talks about? The first is baptism. If you were baptized as a child,
2: understand that you live now, having been pledged as dead by someone else. Thank you, Mom (laughs) Dad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. As if you had been Isaac, brought to the sacrificial altar by Abraham, that deed is done and cannot be undone. Mm. But we can be cowards by pretending it has no implications, by pretending that, say, our time and our talents belong to us. Pope Francis has encouraged all Christians to learn the date of their infant baptism and commemorate it as a death and rebirth. Amen, Pope Francis. Yeah, that's
1: a good good
2: statement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, After my son, John Henry's baptism, one of the older children commented in the car uh, afterwards with relief. It's really great, Dad, that he didn't die. (laughs) It wasn't it wasn't that as a child he took the truth of of death in baptism too seriously. It's rather that we adults hardly take it seriously enough. You know, you know, uh, just, you know, his his kid uh, correctly understood that um, how important it is to go through the sacrament of baptism before our earthly death. You know, it is, uh, you know, uh, uh, again, it, it is a grace that God desires to give us that brings us into his family, that brings us under the lordship of Jesus Christ. You want to talk about the second? Jess?
1: Yeah, the second death is in the embrace of one's vocation to marriage or a single life devoted to God. When St. John Paul II wrote in Familiaris Consortio, number 56. Ah, hear the music, we'll continue. We're talking about four deaths. Very good article. The first one, baptism. Mm -hmm. The second one is your vocation. And we'll pick it up. you got to listen to all four deaths that we will go through in this life if you are in Christ Jesus 911, Jess Romero, Paul Clay, two man car. We love doing this show. We love you, family. We're here to encourage you. Don't don't go anywhere. Stick around. We'll be right back talking about 4-10. Now,
0: back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151.
1: This is a program where Jesus Christ is Lord and Mary is a Queen Mother. We keep our eyes on Jesus, the Author and Finisher of our faith. We do not despair. We live by faith and not by sight. We're talking about the four deaths. Yep. The first death is the first death is baptism. Uh, yeah, I've heard people say, uh, yeah, when somebody says, "I'm going to kill you,", you said, "I'm already dead. I've been baptized in Christ. <laughs> okay, there's nothing you can do to me other than take, send me home a lot faster." But the second death. <clears throat> would be our vocation. It's it's embracing one's vocation to marriage or single life devoted to God. Uh, when St. John Paul II, he wrote a document called Familiaris Consortio, he said that marriage takes up again and makes specific the sanctifying grace of baptism. The necessary death to self in marriage is a large part of what he meant. Mm-hmm. The couple, as they leave the altar on their wedding day, must be different from the individuals who approached it with the difference of death and life. When my daughter Maria was to be married, writes, uh, <clears throat> writes the author of this article, is, uh, the author's name is Michael Pakaluk. Michael Pakaluk. He says, When my daughter Maria was to be married with Father Paul Scalia presiding, Maria's former pastor, who was concelebrating, left a voice message with Father Scalia saying he would arrive just 15 minutes before the funeral. <laughs> Did he misspeak? Or rather, did he prophesy? Father Scalia turned the remark into a homily that both the wife and husband must truly accept death to self in getting married. Wow, that was a brilliant way of turning that around. Mm -hmm. It's easy to overlook the demanding truth that man cannot fully find himself except through a sincere gift of himself, as it says in uh, Vatican II, Gaudium et Spes, number 24. It can sound so 60s, yet that gift of self and therefore finding oneself is impossible without dying to oneself Hmm. so paul what's the third death
2: the third death is welcoming the child one may suspect that many couples find it difficult to be open to receiving a child because they were first not adept at the art of living as the practice of death so socrates called it Uh, it is well known that many couples experience the birth of their first child As the devastation and destruction of their lives, their happiness declines. Uh, Research indicates that women contemplating an abortion view keeping the baby as implying a death. Some of us may be tempted to deride such reactions as childish and foolish, and yet they contain more than a grain of truth. We recognize that parents should be prepared to die for the sake of their children. Therefore, virtually and intentionally they already have died from the first moment they welcomed the child. None of these three deaths is strictly necessary. It's open to us to flee from the from the meaning of our baptism, or to live a perpetual uh, in a perpetual adolescence, or to interpret marriage uh, as perpetual dating. But neither was redeeming the world strictly necessary. There is a necessity of fact and a necessity within love only from the viewpoint from which we see a wrecked creation and feel pity for abandoned man. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> As St. Athanasius called it, um, uh, phalan- <clears throat> uh Can the redemption begin to appear necessary? But it's useful once one, become, once one comes to the grip with a necessary death to embrace it. As for that fourth death, which is necessary as a matter of fact, St. Alphonsus proposes a new motive for it. Thou didst become a man in order that thou mayest have a life to devote to me. I would fain from, from a thousand lives in order that I may sacrifice them all for thee. Wow. Although
1: we do oh. not have a thousand we have three lives to give now. And then after the fourth, an eternity of life for giving thanks. Well, then let's roll. Let's get on with it. He says, yeah, well, you know, you one, know. One, one of the the one of the common phrases that was used by the Catholic Christians in the first uh, uh, 300 years of, of Christianity. And by the way, for the record, when when we talk about. Uh, Christians being martyred, 1.2 cri- million Christians being martyred by the Roman Empire in the first 300, 313 years of Christianity. These were Catholic Christians under bishops under a pope. This wasn't. Protestants were not even a, 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 you know, they were not even a, a, a dream in their in their father's eye or their mother's eye. It wasn't It wasn't any. These were Catholic Christians that were systematically killed by, Roman, by the Roman Empire machine to the tune of 1.2 million for 300 years until the Edict of Milan was signed by an Emperor Constantine who had kind of a quasi-conversion to Christianity. But one of the common phrases of the, of the Catholic Christians when they would be facing death is they would say, uh, Death is a positive option. And they would teach that to the young to the young Christians awaiting martyrdom. They would tell them, remember, death is a positive option. In other words, what they meant is that fourth death that this article talks about, this this uh, Michael Pacaluk. If you die in a state of sanctifying grace, and if you die for Jesus specifically, you're going straight to heaven.
2: Mm. What a beautiful thought. You know, Jess, it's hard for me to imagine. Um, that many people willing to be martyred for Christ today with the, with the weak uh, gospel that is being proclaimed out there today. Uh, Again, uh, for people who it's almost like it's very easy to be comfortable having one foot in the church and one foot in the world, Uh, you know, and at that, you know, and and when you do that, and that's exactly, you know, what the devil wants, you know, he wants us to, it's called compromise. And it's called, uh, you know, you know, a little leaven, leavens the whole lump, right. And so and this is the state that you see so many people in today there, you know, they want their lives, because it's fun, you know, sin has its pleasures for a while. But at the same time, you know, they kind of, you know, all have that uh, healthy fear of death, and so they want to, you know, cover their bases by saying, well, I, "Well, at least I show up to mass every now and then, and I, I believe in God." You know, they they come up with all kinds of reasons. I'm, now, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, you know, cause somebody to, you know, uh, I'm not trying to beat up on anybody, but the call, the call of the faith, Jess, as you know, is is basically death. Uh, we are sheep sent out to the slaughter. Uh, our lives are not our own. We have been bought with a price. Sacred Scripture says, "Therefore, glorify God with your body." Period. We're in this world just, yes, but we are not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. And what did Peter say? If we, if our hope in Christ is for this world only, then we're fools, mm. right? Because, because we need to keep our 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 eyes fixed on heaven. And just our gaze on the world around us, a glance on the world around us, because uh, heaven is where we're headed. Heaven is,
1: you know, who we're all about. Comments. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Amen. Uh, that's always, yeah. always quiet because I'm just taking it all in. Yeah, uh, Paul, talk, uh, talking about somebody who's died to the world, it's it's possible. There's an actor who's converted to Catholicism. His name is Sheila Booth. And he's playing St. Padre Pio in an upcoming film. I'm sure he's going to take a lot of gunfire by the enemy. He's from, uh, you know, the secular humanists, and, and the devil's going to inspire a lot of people to go after him because uh, they're not. he's not going to like the fact that this sinful actor is, is entertaining Catholicism.
2: Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Comment, Paul? Yeah, just here's an example, you know, uh, of a of an actor whose life was literally a mess uh, a man who was on the verge of suicide he just wanted to leave this world essentially uh, because of uh, uh, the effects of, of sin you know they devastated him and through divine providence he takes a role of uh, you know to act as Saint Padre Pio And uh, his life is forever changed. We should be celebrating that and praising God, saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But the world wants to attack him. And the reason why they want to attack him, as you know, is when you are representing Hollywood and a lot of the evil that is put forth through Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you have a conversion, a hard conversion Uh, number one uh, you know they all feel uncomfortable because they're like well what happened to him and what does he know that I don't know so so they want to write him off as some nutcase they want to relegate him uh just like they do to any actor I mean you remember uh the story of Dolores Hart back in uh the the late 50s right with uh uh, she became a cloistered nun. This is a this is somebody who had you know the world at her fingertips, and she was uh, you know she could her career was made for her, having starred in multiple movies with Elvis and yes. different things. And she said, "Nope, that's not doing it for me." Okay, and she found her just she, yeah, she found her comfort, she found her peace in a little monastery. Uh, 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 she was. A cloistered nun. How how, how yes. beautiful is that? And and what a statement that, that does that make to the
1: world. That's right. And Paul, uh, if, if people want to watch this guy, uh, uh, Sheila Booth's uh, interview, apparently yeah. he was uh, he was interviewed uh, on Word on Fire with Bishop Barron, and it's about an yeah. hour and 15 minutes or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But it's I'm reading here an article that says, the actor who's playing Father to be on this upcoming biopic credits the Latin mass in particular for his spiritual renewal. You
2: think, go ahead. I'm, I'm <laughs> go ahead.
1: During the yeah. interview that debuted Thursday, Bishop Barron asked Lebouff why he was so moved so much by the Latin mass. LeBouff replied because it feels like they're not selling me a car. Close quote. Wow. Le- LeBouff said it feels like it's not being done to sell me, sell me on anything. He went on to say, it feels almost like I'm being let in on something very special. Oh,
2: Ooh, I I'm love it.
1: Talking about uh, actor Sheila Booth's conversion to the Catholic faith. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Now... Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151.
1: Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two man car. So there's an actor named Sheila Booth who's playing Padre Saint Padre Pio in an upcoming film. Uh, and he was being interviewed by Bishop Barron. <laughs> he says that the reason he likes the Latin Mass, he says it feels like Uh, Like they're not selling me a car. Uh, (laughs) Over the last few years, the actor has embroiled himself in several scandals. An eccentric motivational speech became fodder for memes in 2015. He made headlines with the He Will Not Divide Us online performance art project wherein a flag with words, He Will Not Divide Us, was flown from an unknown location and live streamed. The project became famous after inspired internet trolls used aircraft contrails and the stars to locate and steal the flag. Labouf was also accused of sexual assault by three women and entered psychiatric treatment in 2020. According to Labouf, my life was on fire. I was mm. walking out of hell. He felt great shame for hurting other people. His downward spiral was the key to a spiritual awakening clearing the way for him to accept the leading role in an upcoming Abel Ferrara film about St. Padre Pio of Petrolcini. The saint, also also known as Padre Pio, is one of the most beloved saints of the 20th century. Pio lived an extraordinary life and miraculously bearing on his body, the stigmata, the wounds of Christ on the cross. Abel Ferrara had planned to make a St. Pio movie for years and reached out to LaBouffe after meeting him online in a spiritual program. Labouf heard actor William Defoe was participating in the project and he wanted in. At first, Labouf viewed the invitation merely as a way to get his career back on track. Ferrara told LaBeouf that he wished, he wished to play the role of Padre Pio. He would have to go to a seminary or monastery and begin to research. Mm-hmm. I know now that God was, used, was using my ego to draw me to him, Labouf reflected, drawing me away from worldly desires. It was all happening simultaneously, Mm -hmm. but there would have been no impetus for me to get in my car, drive up to the monastery, if I didn't think, oh, I'm going to save my career. At St. Lorenzo Seminary, Le met with the brothers and and was first introduced to the gospel. I read all Sam Harris, the famous atheist. I watched all the TED Talks and was really good at attacking Catholicism because it made me feel superior, said the actor. Labouf says he's still learning the Rosary. He rates he read in *The Guts of Hippo* and identifies strongly with the saint's regret for his hedonistic past. Labouf's shame had been an obstacle to his spirituality, but according to the actor, I started hearing experiences of other depraved people who had found their way in this, and made me feel like I had permission. Labouf credits the Latin Mass, especially for deepening his faith. He was introduced to the traditional Latin Mass while preparing for his for the role of St. Pio, as it's the Mass that Pio offered for decades. Bouf attended Mass at a parish run by the Institute of Christ the King, a group devoted to offering the old form of the sacred liturgy. He explains that he was never a true atheist, even when I was a Sam Harris TED Talk Christopher Hitchens guy. Mm-hmm. LaBouffe met with priests who had known St. Pio at Saint, Saint, San Giovanni Rotondi in Italy, and he felt the men's pressure to live up to the saint he was portraying. A priest who had confessed to St. Pio provided guidance and technical support on set. It's not unheard of actors to convert to Catholicism on set. Alec Guinness, the Academy Award-winning actor famous for The Bridge on the River Kwai and Star Wars, was moved to convert to Catholicism while playing the title character in Father Brown. Likewise, Luca Leonola... Converted due to, due to his experience playing Judas Iscariot in *The Passion of the Christ*, the movie is going to be released uh, in September 2022. Paul, you got some comments on this? Oh yeah, yes. Number one, we need to keep
2: this young man in prayer. Yeah. <laughs> we need to really keep him in prayer because, as you know, um, our, our our walk is a difficult walk. You know, and and even us who are informed uh sometimes we struggle so uh as you said the devil um uh, is literally this was a this was a slap in the face to him so to speak and so they're going to come at him uh with everything that they have Mm -hmm. so um again we all need to keep him in prayer and again this is the same story jess's dolores heart when she went to the monastery on a retreat and she saw something that attracted her she saw that the nuns there at the at the had something that she didn't have some and, and you know what she was drawn to it and this is what happens and this is what people don't really understand when when you get around holiness when you get around people who have uh, you know uh, 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 decided to consecrate themselves to the lord it's the most attractive thing in the world because the world is so centered on self and like, like, uh, like LeBouf said, uh, I felt like they, you know, they weren't trying to sell me a car. This is what, what what's going on in, in churches today and not, you know, Protestant churches and even, uh, you know, in, in many Catholic churches where, you know, it, the emphasis seems to be on you, the man rather than on God. And the beautiful thing about the Latin masses, uh you realize number 1 I am but dust says the you know says the mm-hmm. psalmist, right? I, I am but dust. Mm-hmm. And 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 you understand what's really going on in 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 the mass. Uh, as the priest is, you know, on the high altar, and he's looking up, and he, and we, we understand that. Oh God, uh, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm reminded of the the, the passage in Isaiah where, you know, yeah. he, he gets that vision. That heavenly vision, and he falls on his face, and he says, "Woe is me! For I am ruined. I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst unclean people." This is the effect that the holy has on man. And in this case, with uh, the, you know this movie star, he uh, he didn't need to go to a shrink. He needed confession. He needed, he needed, right? He needed to understand spiritual truth and understand his depravity so that God could lift him up, that God could take him no different than he did Mary Magdalene. And he can take, you know, he takes nothing. God's, what does the sacred scripture say? It says, I took that which was not, Jess, in order to nullify the things that are. I took the mm-hmm. foolish things in order to shame the wise, right? This is what God does in order to glorify his name so that. Uh, you can't make a mistake you if you knew him, you, you knew this guy's life prior and you're gonna say, wow he was a real messed up guy, but look at him now. What's different? What's changed? Well God is willing if you are willing, if we basically uh, allow uh, and, you know uh, and cooperate with the grace of God and the Holy Spirit, God can transform us and he can uh, he can uh, you know uh, i'm just you got me going
1: here <laughs> let me mention two thing let me mention two things about the latin mass and see if you can identify with this now i'm going to do some some theologizing here okay the the remember when and the angels in heaven when they worship god they face god that's what the bible says in matthew 18:10 that's mm-hmm. called ad orientum. they face god and the devil and a third of the angels turn their back to God by rebellion against them. So they, the devil turns his back to God and faces the people. In the Novus Ordo Mass, Paul, something interesting, with the tabernacle in the center against the back wall, it forces the priest to turn his back to God. And, and I, know, I know a lot of good Catholic priests, they've told me, good Orthodox Catholic priests, they say, I feel uncomfortable uh, in my interior knowing that that I'm that 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 I'm turning my back to God during the sacred liturgy. But in the Latin Mass, the priest faces God just like the rest of us do, and like the angels do in heaven right now. Uh but in Novus Ordo Mass, the priests again, just by the way the liturgy is structured, they're forced to turn their back to God. That's just one thing I wanted to point out. And people do notice that and and, and priests yeah. notice it as well. Another thing, Paul, I I would say is the reverence and the piety that I find in the Latin Mass is it's pretty thick. It, it almost feels like you can cut it with a knife.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: W- whenever I come out of the Latin Mass every Sunday at 4 o'clock here at Our Lady Guadalupe, and I walk back to my car in the parking lot, my soul feels like literally like it was blasted with Holy Spirit radiation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I look to my wife, Anita, and we look at each other. We say, like, wow, we just yeah. went to Calvary. You feel, yeah. you feel it. Yeah. There's a, yeah. there's a marked
2: difference. There's no doubt yes. about it. And, and anybody that tries to say it ain't so guess what, Jess, uh, they're not, they, they either don't understand or, ha, you know, or, you know, haven't been really exposed to a, a, a beautiful, uh, Latin mass. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let me, again, I'll just,
1: co- I'll just compare it. Just, yeah. I came from Hawaii yesterday. So I went to the vigil mass on Saturday cause I flew Sunday morning, uh, early back to Phoenix and uh, the vigil mass, St. Peter and Paul, there in uh, Waikiki, uh, it was a, you know it was an mass. I couldn't find the Latin mass over there. Uh, it was not that it wasn't that close. This this church was right around the corner from the hotel. So me and my wife went to Holy Mass, and again it ended. The priest uh, called everybody up that had a birthday, everybody that had an anniversary. They sang Happy Birthday, Happy Anniversary. Uh, he told everybody, extend your right hand out, which is a no-no, and let's all pray for this uh, this this couple here that's having a birthday. And the way it ended, I'm like, oh, it, it, you walk down, and then people are clapping at the end because of, you know, what just happened, and the, they're clapping for the choir. Paul, when I walk out of the Latin Mass, yeah. I walk out in holy silence. That's exactly I, right. Yes, I— I, I feel you know I'm going to be honest with you, when I walk out of the Latin Mass, Paul, my soul feels protected because that priest knows who he is. He's in persona Christi. He prayed for me for an hour. Yes. While I'm in while I'm in a position in a position of receptivity, on my knees and yep. in silence, as a child receiving the graces of Calvary. I love it. Priest in persona Christi. That for me, Paul, that's all I need. That's all my desor- my soul desires, that sacred silence.
2: Yeah, when you say that, Jess, it just brings a smile to my face because the one thing I know about you is uh, you were one intense guy and you know, you've been that way your whole life. And uh, you always... So when you say something like that, it lets me know that, hey, this is where it's at. And I, you know... And I remember several times you told me, hey, Paul, you know, have you checked out the Latin Mass? And I'm like, I'm getting there, Jess. I'm getting there.
1: Well, I'm just letting you know, brother, I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus nine one one, two man car. Jess Romero, Paul Clay, we love this Monday show, Family of God. Uh, Hopefully I can get Paul to fill in all week. Uh, Terry's gone all week, so Paul, I'm asking you right now. I need you on the Terry and Jesse show uh, from Tuesday to Friday. Just call me later on, see if you can do it. I need you all week. But for okay. the rest of you, uh, we got the hands-on apologetics coming up next. Gary Machuda, uh, full-contact Catholic apologetics. As for us, we love you. God bless you and your family. Keep the faith. We are E O W, end of watch. And yes, but we're always 10-8, right? We're always in service for Jesus. Amen. Out.